what is up, man? Glad you guys are tuning in wherever you are. Man, a special thank you for jumping in. Uh, I just wanted to say really quick, Easter was incredible this weekend. A view tuned in, uh, and I loved, man, seeing us be a part. But also, just to let you know, somebody directly tied to our ministry, uh, a couple of people actually gave their life to Jesus over the weekend watching Easter services with our entire family. So right now, I don't care if you're in the bathroom, living room, I don't care where you are, in the car, hopefully not. You should be at home, okay? Uh, but let's go ahead and make some noise for what God did uh, over this weekend. Just a quick clap. One, two, three. Awesome. Uh, I love to see what God is doing right now when the enemy says he shouldn't be. Uh, it's been beautiful to watch. And also, wherever you are, man, I just want to encourage you, get in a Zoom group. And it's easy to do this. All you have to do is literally DM our social media accounts and say Zoom. We'll get you plugged in uh, with some people who are, are right now doing community together. And don't even say, man, screens weird me out. Because if you're not in a Zoom group, you've probably been on Tinder before and you've swiped left. You might as well swipe and be on Zoom with us because, listen, this is how we're going to do church uh, for the foreseeable future. We're going to watch God do so much uh, through his church. Anyway, uh, we're starting a brand new series tonight at 8 o'clock right now, and uh, it's called Major Keys, okay, and not DJ Khaled. This is our own Major Keys, and what we're going to be doing for the next six weeks is we're going to be taking an in-depth uh, look at the entire book of Ephesians, almost verse by verse, but definitely chapter by chapter. And what I also wanted to tell you about this series is everything VIEW is doing from this point is going to point back to this exact study. Our devotionals are going to be talking about this. Our content is going to be talking about this. We don't just want to teach you what Ephesians has to say. We also want to show you, man, how to open your Bible and fall in love with God's word. So we're going to be doing that uh, a, a variety of different ways, but make sure you're tuned in and we can do this as a family. Everything we'll be doing uh, for he from here until the next six weeks will be about this series and about this book. I believe God's going to speak so mindedly. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump in. This is week one of Major Keys. And if you want to write kind of a subtitle, you can write uh, How to Thrive in a crisis. Y'all know me, I'm artistic, so I'm going to say survive, and I'm going to cross it out and say, I don't want to survive, I want to thrive in a crisis, okay? So if you want to do that, uh, you can, but this is week one, and we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter one. Uh, real quick, though, let me give you kind of the, the, the backdrop of what uh, this book is going to be talking about. Uh, the, the major themes of this book deal with two things, identity and purpose, it's talking about believers everywhere, and it's talking about believers personally, but it's talking about identity and purpose. And that's so important because right now what this crisis is threatening to do to just about everybody is to rob us of our identity. I don't know who I am right now. I, I don't have friends. My friends may not be calling me back. I don't, I don't have a job. I don't have my church happening. I don't really even know who I am. I'm, I'm kind of realizing that, that I'm, I'm stuck, I'm alone, and a lot seems quiet unless I'm on my phone. We're, we're losing, a lot of us are losing who we are, but also we're losing purpose. Man, man, so many people find their purpose in what they do, and what they're realizing is if you take that away, they're all of a sudden void of any type of purpose in their life. So what a crisis aims to do is take away your identity and your purpose. Here's what Ephesians was written to establish, your identity and your purpose. So this is a beautiful book for us to kind of jump in right now because I believe that, that Paul is using this book right now uh, through uh, God, obviously, inspired so he can speak to us in this time where it seems like all is lost. So as we battle a crisis, what I want to encourage you to do is jump in on this book and let God speak to your identity and to your purpose. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to jump in. God, we love you so much. Wherever we are, um, we just join with you right now and say, God, you're so much bigger 
You're so much stronger than anything that we're dealing with. God, we believe that you are going to move through your church and you're going to continue to move through your church. This is building momentum. God, you are about to do something in our lands that we can't believe. Pray for every single person watching. I pray for what this ministry and what our church is doing. God, continue to grow us. Use this message. Speak to somebody. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, So we're starting at chapter 1. The first three chapters are going to deal with uh, what kind of we want to open up this topic with. So I'm going to go ahead and read chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. So it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Pause real quick. Wherever you are, go ahead and whip your Bibles out. If you've got an iPad, a, a phone, I don't care what you need, but just go ahead and open Ephesians and follow along with me. It's important that you see these words yourself, but, but we're going to go ahead and start. So it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Then he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is important. Verse 3 says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, check this out, he says, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ, who has blessed us with every, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. See, most people don't understand, and we're going to talk about this idea of identity really quick, but most people don't understand uh, that all identity is is your core beliefs about, well, you, right? It's what you believe about who you are. And, and what Paul is trying to do to all believers and specifically to this church at this time is he's trying to establish what they believe about who they are as a result of what Jesus did on the cross. He says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It's interesting here, though, that Paul uh, uses the past tense of blessed because when I read this scripture, what I want is a God who's not just blessed us in the past. I want a God who's blessing me right now. Can I get an Amen. I heard you say it. Okay. Uh, I want a God who is blessing us currently, but Paul doesn't say that. He says, blessed be God who's already done the blessing. The blessing has been done. Quick question to you, wherever you are. Uh, Did anybody uh, watching this grow up in church? If you didn't grow up in church, no worries. I guarantee you'll understand this idea as well. But I I grew up in church. Uh, I'm what you call a pew pusher, okay? I I love to be in the Easter pageants. I love to be in the Christmas pageant. Uh, Although I never uh, advanced past the three wise men, that's the the highest I got in the Christmas pageant. But I loved church, everything about it. And if you grew up in church, uh, whether you loved it or not, let me tell you this. I know for a fact you had a church lady, okay? Every church has a church lady. And I don't know why this is the case, but every church lady that I knew had a really generic last name. It was like Miss Williams, Miss Smith, or Miss White. Those are the only church ladies I ever knew. I knew about 50 of them. They all had the same last name. Uh, But everybody that I know had a church lady. And here's the thing about church ladies. They all respond the same exact way when you ask them, how are you doing? You say, how are you doing, Miss Williams, Miss White, and Miss Smith? How are you today? They'll say the same thing. They say, I am blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed, and it didn't matter how, when you asked them, how you asked it. Hey, Miss Smith, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored, right? She's yelling down the street, okay? You have to know they're going to say the same thing. They are blessed and highly favored. And it didn't matter because it was always interesting to me that they would say this. It, it didn't matter what had preceded me asking them how are they doing. They could have just had a hip surgery, okay, got a bad diagnosis, car broke down, had to walk three miles to church and still do the coffee for the 8 a.m. Sunday school class. You would ask them, Miss Smith, Miss Williams, Miss White, how are you today? They would say, I am blessed and highly favored. 
and I would ask them this, and I was like, man, I don't understand why they say this, but as I grew as a Christian, I started to realize maybe they got it right, and, and I might have had it a little wrong, because see, me, when I think about the word blessing, my mind immediately goes to materials, or Drake, right? I don't know which one, but I always think, okay, if you've got stuff, you're blessed. If you don't have stuff, you're not blessed. It just is what it is. And some people are more blessed than others. The ones with more stuff, they're blessed. The ones without it, they're not. But see, that's not what, they're, what these church ladies understood. They understood that blessing had nothing to do with what they had. It always had to do with who they were. They didn't care if life was going a certain way. They knew who they were in Christ, and they were answering in, in, in a way only a church lady could answer. They said, I don't care what's happening around me. I am still blessed. And see, as a believer, what we have to begin to understand is that being blessed has always been about who you are and not currently what you're receiving. Paul says, praise God. Why? Because he has already blessed us. And I hear it now, people are asking, so Pastor Jared, does that mean that, that everything that I have, is that not God? Did he not bless me? No, that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that, that with what Jesus has already done for, for us on the cross, what he's already done, it, it, what Paul is basically saying is that he could stop doing at any moment and what he's done will already have been enough. He could stop doing whatever he's doing in your life right now, and he will have already done enough. Paul is speaking to the contentment and the identity of Christians everywhere. He says, God has already blessed us. And then, starting in verse 4, he begins to break down what that blessing is, okay? Uh, shout out to Carrie Job. I love the blessing. Okay, verse 4 says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. The Bible says, for he chose us. He chose us. So here's my first point, wherever you are, and every one of these points is going to be able to start with you are. And then point one is chosen. You're chosen. This is important because right now people are losing jobs, right? Uh, degrees are being left in limbo right now. Nobody really knows the situation of our economy. But what I need to tell you is that no matter what you're dealing with, even if your friends have ghosted you, even if nobody's talking to you, even if you haven't been on a Zoom call, even if you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from, you need to know something. Right now, Jesus has already chose you. It's going to be good. Why? Because the God of the universe sent his son to die for you, and he chooses you Paul is letting us know that, that what we're going through right now, it, it may be tough, right? He's, he's promising that you're going to experience trouble. But what Paul is also trying to let us know is, is that, listen, your identity has nothing to do with your issues. He's letting you know that Jesus has chose you. Jump in. It's going to be okay. The second thing he says in verse 5 through 6, he says, and then he predestined us for adoption, that's important, for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his will and his pleasure to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to the ones that he loves. My second point is you are adopted. You're adopted. Paul says we've been adopted through Jesus it's important here, though, that you understand because we're talking about this, this idea that we are a family, right? This is the family of God. And you hear it all the time. People say things like, oh, man, you're a child of God. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you're a child of God. That may not be uh, necessarily correct, okay? 
Here's the truth. We're all God's creation, but the Bible says that it's only through Jesus. What does John 14, 6 say? He says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody, uh, fill in the blank. Nobody is adopted, okay, into the family except through Jesus. Yes, everybody may be a creation of God, but to be called a child of God is something special. And if you've chosen Jesus, if Jesus is in your heart and is the Lord of your life, what you need to understand right now is that not only are you chosen, but you're adopted. You've got a new family. So however alone you're feeling right now, you need to know something, you're not alone. You've been adopted. And that's important because what God is doing is he's building a new family. I don't know about you, but sometimes, man, my family gets on my nerves. Shout out, mom, if you're watching this, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the rest of them, okay? Uh, But sometimes we don't want our family, and it's tough. Maybe some of you guys come from a tougher situation than I do, and you're saying, not only do I want my family, I despise my family. They've hurt me. They've wronged me. Even the friends that I've chosen, they've wronged me. These people I thought were going to be my family. But what Jesus is saying through Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 is that it doesn't matter. He's creating a better family, okay? And this is not an excuse for you to get rid of your other family, okay? You still need to love people. But what he's saying is you are a part of something so much bigger. He's adopted you. So he's chosen us. He's adopted us. Point three is he's redeemed us. You are redeemed. Ephesians 1 verse 7 through 8 says this. In him... We have redemption. He's talking about Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins, check this out, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's already lavished. Again, that's that past tense. He's already lavished the riches of his grace on us. See, the biblical idea that Paul is trying to convey here is not the same as when you and I talk about redemption, right? When we say redeem, we're thinking about coupons and Gift cards. That's not what Paul was necessarily talking about here. See, the biblical idea of that word redemption actually had more to do with the way that that slaves were bought, and not just bought for a price, but they were bought for a price in order to obtain freedom. What Paul is basically trying to convey to people everywhere is that, that Jesus Christ not only forgives your sins, but he breaks bondage. You are redeemed. You are set free to live for him. See, What you need to understand right now is is that Jesus came and died on the cross. We just celebrated this idea at Easter. He died on the cross for you, but what you have to understand is that it costs something. See, the, the, the truth is salvation couldn't just be given. Sin made sure of that. It had to be bought. Enter Jesus Christ. And people right now may be watching this video going, I just don't understand the Jesus thing. You're saying Jesus died on the cross and now everything's okay and good because he died for us. And they said, Pastor Jared, that's just a little bit outlandish. That sounds a little too unbelievable. And what I would respond to them is, have you been watching the news? Have you heard the conversations around the world? Have you ever gone into your own mind and and heard the thoughts that you think? What I would say is, it's very clear. This world is dark and we are all so broken. It takes something as audacious as the cross to only make sense. Jesus has redeemed every single one of them. What you have to understand is that salvation was something because of sin that couldn't just be given, so it had to be bought. And the price was Jesus Christ. The price was his life. The Bible says it's through his blood that we are redeemed. So we're chosen, we're adopted, we're redeemed. And lastly, the Bible says we are heirs. You're an heir, okay? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, it says, And you were also included in Christ 
when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession, to the praise of his glory. I'm excited to jump more into this topic. I'm really excited to jump more into all of these topics because I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a, a quick snippet, but there's so much in here that's going to bring so much life to so many of you. So I'm encouraging you, man, stay with us as we go through these devotions. There's so much more to unpack here. But, but really quick, I just want to jump in and, and say, man, not only has God called you family, he also says you are an heir. You receive the inheritance of God. And here's the beauty about inheritance when it comes to God. Nobody even has to die for you to receive it. We did a series at the beginning of this year called Heaven to Earth. And the idea was talking about, man, you don't have to wait till heaven to experience God. Part of your inheritance in Christ is that you can experience God right now. What Ephesians is trying to, to, to teach us and get us to understand is that wherever you are, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how hard the times are. You can experience God right now. A piece of your inheritance is already working for you. You don't have to wait for somebody to pass away to have it. God has given it to you freely through Jesus Christ. And if we understand that, that we're chosen, we're adopted, and, and that we are redeemed, and finally we have an inheritance, what we can realize is that what Jesus is saying to us through Paul is that you have already been blessed. You've already been blessed. You, you have it, right? It starts to change and alter our perspective a little bit because when I start thinking about blessing, no longer do I keep thinking about things and materials, now I begin to think about people. See, if you begin to understand that as a believer, your identity is blessing, you'll stop looking for one and start being one. See, as a believer, what you're going to start to understand is that if you realize and get solid as a rock on your identity that God has already called you blessed, You'll stop looking for one, and you'll start becoming one. See, the truth is most people are dealing with things right now, and what they're asking God to do is bless me, God. I just pray that you bless me. But what the people of God are going to have to do in this time is realize that nothing on earth could change the status of my identity, which is blessed. So instead of looking for a blessing, I'm going to start looking at a hurting, broken, dying world, and I'm going to start being a blessing. Man, God wants to reside in you right now. And all you have to do is say yes. And all of a sudden, not only are you chosen, but you're adopted. Not only are you adopted, you're redeemed. And not only are you just the redeemed, but all of a sudden you have an inheritance that is beautiful. Man, God has already blessed you with more than enough. And as we walk through this series, you're going to start to realize, man, Ephesians is speaking to believers as a whole and giving us so much hope. Hope that a failing economy can't take away. Hope that lost jobs can't rob us of. Hope that tough times can't steal from us. Man, God is giving us hope. So wherever you are, man, let me encourage you. Man, Jesus wants to meet with you in your spot right now, in your, in your room, in your living room, in your bedroom. I don't know where you are, but God wants to meet with you. He's already called you blessed. All you do, all you have to do in this moment Say yes to Jesus. We love you so much. Let me pray and then we'll be done. God, we love you. 
I pray for every ear hearing this, that the word that you've already deposited in their life, God, you begin to water and grow. And as we step on this journey of devotions and, and walking through quiet times and content, God, I pray that you uh, let your word be written on their hearts so that people begin to follow you even more closely. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for this time. We thank you for our church. We thank you for this ministry. It's in your name we pray. Amen. View, listen, if you want to respond to this message, if God has been pressing something on your heart, or if you want to give your life to Jesus, you can DM our account right now and say, I need Jesus. And we'll be so ready to jump on a Zoom call or a phone call and meet with you. Look, we love you so much. Can't wait to see you next week.